Let us pause for a word of prayer. Gracious God, may the meditations of all of our hearts and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Amen. So the Psalms are hymns, liturgical poetry collected over thousands of years and placed in a section of the Holy Scripture called the Psalter. It's a prayer book of the Second Temple, maybe even the First Temple. As you know, in Jerusalem, the Temple was destroyed two times. So these are voices of faith in the actual life of a believing community. Each psalm is a unique, poetic creation. They are dialectic, preserving, the, preserving and recording the human response to God and God's response to humanity. For the rest of November, we will be exploring three psalms of ancient worship. According to Walter Brueggemann, one of the best ways to understand psalms is through the pattern of orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. Walter Brueggemann was, was here as a former JW lecturer and is a renowned UCC Old Testament scholar who is the author of The Message of the Psalms. And that's the book that Pastor Heather and I are using for the series. So this Sunday we begin with orientation, and that's when the psalm orients us to God. And in the psalm, all is right with the world, and we are at home and comfortable in our relationship with God. The next Sunday we'll focus on disorientation, and that's where our stability has been shaken and what we once believed was true is now in question. And the last Sunday, we will focus on reorientation, where we find our way back to equilibrium. Only now we see with new eyes. This pattern is a pattern of transformation, of life, of story, of scripture. And it's as simple as walking. So when we stand with, on two feet, we have this equilibrium. And our body is naturally, unconsciously stabilizing the tendons and the muscles and the skeletal structures and the fluid in our inner ear to keep our equilibrium. But when we take a step, we are naturally off balance, a disorientation, until our body shifts and we stand again in a new place, a reorientation. So simple as walking. Every good story has an orientation, a situation in life. And then it moves through a complication that brings the story finally to a resolution or reorientation. And so we begin with Psalm 145. At first, reading, it is clear that the writer is experiencing a very good life. He starts out claiming what the writer will do. The writer is going to extol and bless and praise God. The writer is joined by generations. There's a greatness here that's beyond words. It's unsearchable. All the generations will speak about it. It's old and enduring. And they say, Why? Because of the marvelous and wonderful acts point to God's kindness and righteousness and mercy to all creation. God is slow to anger and full of steadfast love. This kingdom has been here because God is faithful and this king takes care of those who can't make it to the kingdom. The people are lifted up. They are fed and provided for, protected, and justice is served because the wicked are destroyed. The system is just and well-ordered. And because of that, 
all praise God. Because of that, the singer will praise God. And God doesn't have favorites or or benefit only those who are important or righteous or loyal. It's all creation. And the word all appears 17 times in this psalm. For that reason, all the citizens of this kingdom are content. And when the polls go out, God is 100% satisfaction. All of this is spelled out in an acrostic poem, alphabetical. It's like the goodness of God from A to Z. Once there was someone who was sitting in a posture of prayer, their head was bowed, hands clasped in their lap, and their lips were moving quietly. What deep and pious prayer could this person be praying, I wondered. And then as I got closer, I heard, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. When they were through praying and their eyes opened, I asked, were you praying the alphabet? Yes, they said. I'm not sure what to pray, and I'm not very good with words. So I figured if I prayed the alphabet, God could put the words together for the prayer that needs to happen. (laughs) But doesn't this psalm kind of sound like a political ad to elect God as president? I don't know, maybe it's just that time of year. Psalms tend to be political, and political meaning about how we are governed, how we order ourselves, what are our rules, our laws, what are our values in our communal life. However, this is not a psalm promoting the rule of monarchy. That just happened to be what the psalmist knew. Some say the psalmist was King David. And in that case, King David is placing God above himself. Wouldn't we rather live under a rule that is gracious and merciful and steadfast, good and compassionate? God's way of living as expressed in the psalm is is self-giving in a covenant, as a covenant partner. It's personal and relational, not just about rules and order, but about flourishing, about trust, about the caring for the uncared, about shifting regal power to a compassionate regard. If we know the rhythm of life, then we know that disorientation is coming. But why not enjoy the orientation when we have it? Really experience it. Be conscious of what we are so grateful for. This psalm may sound like a collection of cliches that affirms the status quo, but people who have life easy. But it can be sung to defy the circumstances and trust of this pattern, this cycle of life. Could the creator, in fact, be creating the world through the word, through the letters of the alphabet prayed, through the words of worship and the power of world-making? Through the emotions stirred in a song sung. The orientation psalm known to the worshipers rises up when they need it. The ancient text is printed out in our bulletin today that many of us may feel disoriented from God. So who are these people that can say these religious words and mean it? It was Thanksgiving 2009 My sister-in-law, Kelly, had just moved to Kansas City with her family. Our family drove out to be with them for the holiday. While on the eight-hour drive, I got a call from my aunt that Grandma had just entered hospice care. The whole family was there saying goodbye. 
And my plan was to fly right after Thanksgiving. I wondered if I would make it on time. How do I describe my grandmother? She is indescribable. She is God in the flesh to me. And when I read this psalm of King David adoring God, it's me adoring my grandmother. She made everyone feel special. I think about you every day, Grandma, how much I miss being by your side and hoeing in the garden and breaking and canning green beans and sewing our Easter dresses till early in the morning. I never saw you angry. Though I know you must have been when I carved my name into your Singer sewing machine cabinet. (laughs) All your children and grandchildren bless you. They shall speak of your story forever. And whenever we share Thanksgiving and pass the pie, we won't forget how you helped your neighbors, supported your church, and never said a mean word to anybody. How you took care of us when we were sick and fed us when we were hungry and loved us when we felt unloved. This is the grandma that was in hospice care. This was the grandma that embodies the image of God for me. Life at grandma's was right and good and home. I sat that day in the window of our hotel room. My family was at Kelly's and I had some time alone. I sat in the autumn sun and wished I was with my grandma. And so I imagined sitting with her on a mountain in the sunlight. And I felt her heartbeat and held her hand and breathed with her breath. I put myself in her presence. And I felt my aching heart fill with warmth. That day after Thanksgiving, I was in line to board the plane, and the call came. Grandma breathed her last. She's gone. And as I stood in line, the tears flowed freely down my cheeks. I wouldn't get to see her alive again. I wouldn't get to hold her hand again. I hear her voice say, or hear her voice say, I love you. Deep breathing got me through the five-hour flight in Ohio, and I drove my rental car on the familiar route to Grandma's house. The multi-lane highway became two lanes, winding through the rural farmland. The light faded on the spent cornfields and flickered through the stands of the hardwood trees. I turned on the radio. I'm in rural Ohio with not much to choose from, so the first station with a clear signal is a country music station. Not my first choice, but one I grew up with, and certainly familiar. The song begins to build from the starting chords on the piano, joined by the guitar and the bass, and then a strong drumbeat. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine What my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. And then the drums come in. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel 
Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine that moment. I experienced what I think Brueggemann meant by orientation. I was grounded. I was home in my faith. And in all that my grandmother meant to me, I was able to face what seemed to be the hardest day of my life in celebration. When we pray these psalms in community or private, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who count on our prayers. All who hope for justice and liberation and all who hope for peace and joy. Praise is fundamental no matter what is happening. Words change our awareness so that we can begin to notice the power and goodness of God in our lives. How do we take our faith experience from the inside and give it forward? How do we let those moments of unspeakable faith, those mysterious, unexplainable, deep peace moments emerge as central to our lives? This psalm reminds us that God is not on a mountain passing judgment, but God is driving with us through the countryside or wherever we find ourselves deeply engaged in our lives. To repeat Psalm 145 is to confess the insufficiency of self without God. To sing 145 is to allow a different world to emerge. It's a world I can only imagine. Amen.